one of my favorite things, being part of this church, is looking out at all of you while you're worshiping God. You just, you look different, and you look beautiful. And I see the, the weights coming off of you and heads lifted up, and everything looks different when you praise the Lord. Everything looks different when you praise the Lord. Just look up. He's where our help comes from. And to be able to watch all of you for 20 plus years while you worship, it's glorious, it's beautiful, it's magnificent. It's, there's no words for how beautiful you are when you praise the Lord. So keep praising the Lord, look up. There's a lot of stuff and chains and darkness and things that we're all struggling with and we're gonna pray, we're gonna sing about breaking every chain and the power of the name of Jesus. The answer to almost everything is to look up and praise the Lord. To bring deliverance, to bring hope, to bring health, to bring health, to bring strength, to bring comfort. I am here, my people. Open your hearts right now. Come, receive. I am with you. I am Emmanuel. I am here now. Step out. Step in. Step up. Step forward. Receive from my hands. This day, now, this is more. There is more than you imagine. Immeasurably more than you imagine. Come. Fear not, he says, fear 
take the chain off of your life. Come forth and know that I am the Lord thy God. I am greater than he that is in this world. There's nothing by, by chance that the enemy can do. Step into the fire. Step in and allow me to be your healer. All right. So, um, just asking a question, what are you preparing for this December? Anybody, anybody have some things you're anxious about, you're trying to get done? Any finals, anyone? Yeah, a few finals around. Yeah. Um, any shopping, any baking, any uh, scheduling? Um, any anxiety about all the things that you have to get done? I have some of that. Um, so, I guess my question is, well, this is also, of course, a season of Advent. And what are we preparing for? What are we anticipating? What are we anxious to see in this Advent time? So, how are you feeling about all of this? All the stuff you have to do, all the preparations you're making? You don't have to answer that out loud. Um, any anticipation? So um, this is an equation you've probably heard from me before. R minus E equals H. Not so original with me, maybe that way of stating it. Reality minus expectation equals happiness. So some of us are anticipating a great time at Christmas. Some of us are anticipating a not as good a time as I wish it was Christmas. Some of us are anticipating family time. Some of us are not anticipating our family time. Some of us are wishing we had some family to spend some time with, but they're too far away or they're too estranged. Maybe it's physical distance, maybe it's other distance. So there can be a lot of, uh, this Thanksgiving, Christmas time can be really a, so reality minus expectation equals happiness. You realize that if your expectation is higher than reality, you're going to be unhappy. It's a negative value. So um, one of the difficulties of this season is that there's all this expectation all around you. Like, isn't it going to be great? Hurry home for Christmas. It's going to be wonderful. And, and, and all this is supposed to be great. And you're like, I hope it's going to be great. Sometimes. Sometimes that anticipation and the expectation that it's supposed to be good can make it unhappy, not so great. And some anxiety about how that works. So what are we expecting and what's the reality? And what could we, what, what could we expect that we would know would happen? What, what could we expect? And... and, and I wonder if our expectations are in the right directions for the happiness that we're hoping to have. I, I'm asking myself these questions. What are the things that I'm counting on? Can I count on them? Are, are those the things I should be preparing for? Or is there other stuff that would be more important to prepare for? Or Anyway, uh, let me, I'll let you into some of my stuff. So, so this is some of what we talked last week. Have you noticed some anxiety? Uh, maybe around this or just around... Some anxiety because of threat, threat that it's not going to be as good as it is, threat, threat about uh, pneumonia, COVID, RSV, threat about flu, threat about just whatever, economics. What, have you, sometimes when there's a anxiety, our response is to get control. 
So clinging to a clawing for control, drive for money, better position, get it right, to be right and respected, to be protected, avoid suffering, especially death, to find a strong group and a strong leader who's going to take care of us. But the result in our relationships is divisions and battles for control and more threatened and more anxiety. And this even happens in families at Christmas. Sometimes. My family at Christmas. Sometimes. Other people want to have control. Never me. Never. Um, Pastor Jim has a big laugh there. Um, yeah. So, how do we escape? And what did Jesus do? And we're back to, what does the first Christmas carol say? The first Christmas carol in Philippians 2. Paul, very early on, is quoting a Christmas carol, quoting a hymn. And in that it says, choose to lose. One of the ways you can deal with a battle for control is choose to lose. And then there's not a battle anymore. Um, but why would you do that? Jesus' motivation for doing that was that he knew and trusted his Father. He was obeying him. He knew who he was, that he came from God and was going to God. He knew that. And he came to give riches to us, and for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. But we have another essential motivation for us to follow Jesus in choosing to lose. So what is that? A um, little review here. We're talking about Paul as a prisoner, talking to a suffering church in Philippi. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Standing together, you're going to be saved. But now we have the privilege of suffering for him. Philippians 2, he talks about, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? And then make my truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. That's how we hope Christmas is going to be, right? Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of your, others as better than yourselves. Don't look unto only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, and here comes the hymn. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being, and he appeared in a human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And this is one of the key things of why we're unhappy. Because we don't want a Jesus who died on a cross. We don't want somebody who says, follow me in suffering. We want somebody who's going to take care of all our suffering. Get rid of death. Not deal with it. Right? We did not want that kind of Jesus. I remember some uh, missionary friend of mine, Franciscans, they, he, he came to uh, this place where he was going to be settled in Tanzania. On the bus, he got off the bus. There was a choir there to sing for him, and they were like, uh, never mind. They didn't want a missionary who came on a bus. They wanted a missionary with a land cruiser and some money that he was going to bring, and they were like, well, forget it. Who are you hoping is going to come? I think this is a key difference, a key issue for us, is what we're anticipating. Now, the second part of this hymn says this. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor. 
and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So the whole of all of creation, everyone, every spirit would bow. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, King, Yahweh, to the glory of God the Father. So it's important that we also get this part, because this part is held in tension with that, and we're in between here, and I think a lot of our tensions and the things we have problems with are in this tension between these two. We're disappointed because Jesus didn't come and just take care of our sickness and all the injustice we see around us and all the problems in our world and all the things in my family and all the, the healing that I want. And on the other hand, we don't realize He is going to take care of all of those things and all the other things. He's going to bring justice and judgment and set things right. And then there's the other piece of that where we're like, oh, I don't want a God who judges. I just want a loving God who's going to coddle me and say nice things to me because I'm a nice boy. So all of these tensions of who are you really hoping is going to come. Advent is a time when we celebrate when Jesus came. It's also when we anticipate his coming. He is coming. He has come. He was enthroned on a cross. He was resurrected and he's coming again to be enthroned over the whole earth. A new heaven, a new earth. So, we need to prepare for Jesus' win. So as you're preparing for Jesus' coming, I hope you're preparing for Jesus' win. Because Jesus will defeat evil and death and control everything. So when you think about the problem of evil, if God is really loving and if he is really powerful, why is there still evil? You've got to put a time element in there. He is so powerful, he will conquer everything. He is so loving, He will take care of it all, and there will be no suffering. Are you anticipating? Are you waiting? Are you preparing for that? Philippians 3, just a little bit farther, says, it says, well, let me, let me read what it says just before this, because um, there's a contrast here. He says, they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. and They think only about this life here on earth. Oh, as I'm preparing for Christmas, am I thinking only about this life here on earth? As I'm thinking about what I want, am I only thinking about my career, or my, how people think about me, or the car that I would need to get, or the whatever. Am I, if, are all my thoughts around here? But he goes on and says this, next verse, but we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. We, are you eagerly waiting? 
Like the kids who can hardly go to sleep because Santa's going to come in the morning? Uh, it seems to me that we have a lot of our myths are actually distortions of the real myth. Santa isn't who we're really hoping is going to come. <laughs> but it's kind of there, that anticipation. We're eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak, mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. That sickness, that age, that thing that you're a little foggy, he's going to change your body. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. He gives us anticipation, foretastes. Take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power through which he will bring everything under his control. There it is. You don't have to be in control. I don't have to be in control because he is going to bring everything under his control. If I can believe that, then I don't have to be swayed because I'm getting it all right. Right? You see, this is so simple, sort of, but so hard to really live and feel and do. Because I feel like I need to have control if it's going to turn out right. I need to get it right. I need to arrange it right. If we're going to have a good Christmas, I, you know, my wife is going to have to take care of that because I probably don't do a whole lot for it. No. <laughs> if I'm going to get all, everything done, if this church is going to get anywhere, if, they, if we're going to... I'm trying to control things. But if I can anticipate that he's going to control then I don't have to get it all under control. Now, it's not under all control right now, and that is a problem. So we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that for Ukraine. We pray that for our economy. We pray that for lonely people in our city. We pray that every day in anticipation. Not that we're going to go off to heaven, but that Heaven is going to come. And His will is going to be done on earth. So we're also preparing for our wedding. Yeah, Pearlie's ready to get married. This is another part of one of those myths that we have. One of them is preparing for the wind. We're going to come in, we're going to conquer, we're going to beat the bad guys, and it's all going to be good. And we try that, and then we don't know really how to reign justly. Then um, the other one is this romantic myth of, of I'm going to meet the right guy, the right girl, and we're going to live happily ever after. Right? Prepare for our wedding. And then some of you already got married, and you're like, I'm wondering if there's another guy or another girl, or is there any way to fix this one? Um... There's some anticipation, and part of it is that it isn't all about that wedding. So we have been preparing uh, for a wedding. But here is what it says. Revelation 19, praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. So this is just after Babylon, that evil system is destroyed. And now there's this praise, praise the Lord. He reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice, and let us be, give honor to him, for the time has come. 
for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And now this, this story about the wedding feast is all through Scripture. But here in the end is the culmination. The wedding feast of the Lamb. I've never had been to a Lamb's wedding before. I think I've had Lamb at wedding before. But a, a Lamb's wedding. So this is this sacrificed Passover Lamb, Jesus. The suffering is there, and yet the triumph is now here. For his bride has prepared herself. Have we prepared ourselves for the wedding? Are you getting ready? Not only individually, but together, are we getting ready for the wedding? She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. The fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. So there's one way you can prepare is do good deeds on behalf, be holy. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, these are true words that come from God. The wedding feast. Who gets an invitation? Well, only if you have a relationship with the Lamb who was slain for your sins and you let him be in control, now you get an invitation to the wedding. So preparing for weddings is something we've been on a lot this year. Um, our son Justin got married to Liza in March, and actually they were anticipating for quite a while before that and doing a lot of preparing and a lot of anxiety, a lot of things they were preparing and excited about this, that they were going to get to be married. And now they're married. Actually, this is one of the things I love about this picture is that the end of it all is a beginning. Right? This is the wedding feast of the Lamb is where it really happens that they live happily ever after. It doesn't happen actually in the other fantasies and fairy tales where you meet somebody here because they're not the Lamb. But in the wedding feast of the Lamb, we're going to live happily ever after in that kind of intimacy and cooperation and working together that we've anticipated. That is a foretaste in our marriages, but just a foretaste. That kind of intimacy is going to happen, and it's going to be just the beginning of eternity together. Intimacy. Working together with the Lamb. Reigning together. Is that not amazing? You have a wedding coming. Are you ready? Are you really preparing for that wedding? Um, so this is our family. So those, those of you who don't, haven't met them, they, they're not around here very much these days. I'm hoping they'll be here Christmas, um, Christmas Day. So my daughter Hannah is now back here from Nairobi. She lives uh, near here. I think you know him and her. Um, then Justin married Liza. Isaac is now living in Nairobi. His twin, Rachel, went and found another Isaac, which is very confusing. Um, and they are getting married on Saturday. In Chicago. So I'm going to be on vacation the rest of the week, uh, the rest of the month, from the 15th on, folks. Um, so yeah, we're anticipating. We're excited. 
and, and we're excited that, that uh, she met, uh, so uh, Justin met Liza at church, and also they were studying together at Duke. They also met at the, uh, the Chi Alpha Christian group on campus while they were also studying. And uh, Isaac and Isaac were also good friends in the engineering program. And uh, they also had some things in common because they're both African, equally African. Uh, he moved here from Nigeria when he was 14. She spent an equal amount of time in Africa. I know it is confusing about which of them is African. Um, when they were in Nairobi together, uh, the, the, the conductor was talking to Isaac in Swahili and saying, tell these white people to talk to me. And he looked at the, my kids and he said, what do you say? He said, they, they're saying that you're supposed to tell us to talk to you. Because he knows Yoruba and Igbo, but he doesn't know Swahili, like my kids do. Anyway, it's, I know, it's confusing. They're both African and American. Um, and we're excited. He's a fantastic guy. We're excited for this wedding. And we've been preparing. Mostly they've been preparing. We've been sending money mostly, but also, um, well, I've been sending money mostly. Jan's been doing all the preparing she can. I've been trying to figure out, well, how are we going to do the birch trees? Are we going to cut them up in Verndale and carry them down there and put lights on them? Are we going to buy artificial ones? Are we gonna, it's, it's a lot preparing for a wedding, folks, in case you hadn't noticed, especially if you're a woman. I, I'm wearing the same suit I did last time. So... Um, <laughs> But there's a lot of preparation, especially for the bride to be, have the right white linen to wear, right? To be beautiful for her husband. Are you preparing? Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. His rider was faithful and true, for he judges fairly, and wages are just war, a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. Is it his blood? Possibly. This is Jesus. From his mouth came a sharp sword. Uh, the armies of heaven dressed in the, in the finest of pure white linen followed him on white horses. So they're also pure for the battle as well as for as a bride from his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations he will rule them with an iron rod he will release the fierce wrath of god the almighty like juice flowing from a wine press on his robe at his thigh was written this title king of all kings and lord of all lords jesus will rule and we will reign with him as his bride and when you're upset about the injustice and the way things aren't going right and all that other stuff, keep in mind, he is going to come as a righteous judge. But a different kind of righteous, a bloody. He's already bloody. He's already a lamb as he goes into battle. But he's going to deal with the evil. There's going to be another feast where they say, come to the feast all you vultures to feed on the rest of humanity that's fighting against the Lamb. So every place this is put, there's two choices. You can be part of the wedding feast of the Lamb, or you can be feasted on by the vultures because you're opposed. I know that's not like Christmas card stuff. That's not comfortable. But if God's going to deal with injustice, he's going to have to deal with your injustice too. My injustice too. He's got a way to do it. His own blood. But those who refuse, he's got an option for them too. 
Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Hey, our hope is not to go to heaven. Yeah, it's a guest house. We can stop for a little while. But our real hope is to come as the bride to earth, beautifully dressed to marry I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. Here's Emmanuel in a whole other way. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Praise God. Are you excited about getting married? Are you excited about his victory? I am. Because I can't redeem myself. I can't fix this thing. I can't take control. But he is going to. And he's going to take care of all of that. Are you prepared? Um, I'm going I, I'm to... Uh, we'll just go through that. Notice that there's coming and we get to drink from the water of the well, but there's also cowards, unbelievers, those who live a lie whose fate is the second death. There's always a choice here, folks. You can continue to refuse God's control, even to the end. Then one of the angels who, who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, come with me, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, showed me the holy city Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. It shone to the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone. He goes on and describes all of this. Beautiful city. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Hey, we're, we're going to have an all-nations family in that city. All the glory is going to come there. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter. Not nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Have you received His blood to cover you and give you life? You better be on the invitation list. Folks, it's time to RSVP. Because if you don't RSVP, your name's not going to be there. You got an invitation. I'm giving it to you right now. But you got to RSVP. Jesus says, look, I'm coming soon. Bring my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the end, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat from the, tree of the fr fruit of the tree of life. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshippers, and all who live a love to live a lie. God, there's an outside option for those who don't RSVP. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Can I hear you say, come. Come, Lord Jesus. We want to be your guests. At the wedding, let anyone who is thirsty come. 
Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. You have an invitation. Come. Be part of the bride saying, Come, Lord Jesus. You can drink freely from the water of life because somebody else paid for the feast. The Father already paid for the feast. Jesus already paid for your entry with his blood. What will you do to prepare for Advent, for Jesus' coming? Lord, we want to hear your voice. How can we prepare for what's really important? Not just for Christmas, but for Emmanuel, for Jesus' coming. Would you speak to our hearts now? There's somebody here who hasn't sent an RSVP to the invitation. Would you speak to them and have them speak to somebody else about how do I do that? Somebody here, some of us who need to focus our attention on a different kind of coming than that Christmas is coming. Help us to focus more on that. To live more as citizens of heaven. Help us to purify our clothes. We do not want to be we do not want you to come and find us in our grubbies who haven't taken a bath. We want to be in spotless white linen. Would you wash us? Purify us. Help us to live in that purity. Come, Lord Jesus. We want you to come and reign. We want that complete intimacy. We want your win and your wedding. We want to reign with you. We want to live in intimacy with you. Help us this season to prepare. Anticipate, expect, move closer to that most important beginning that is at the end, the wedding we are ready for. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the worship team come on up, and I'm actually going to give the benediction before they come up because I took all the time with all this family stuff. So you're free to leave, you're free to worship. Um, and yeah, you're free to anticipate. So Lord, we are grateful. And people of God, go and anticipate the wedding. Say with the Spirit, come. Invite Jesus to come with you. Listen to the Father's love for you. So go in the name of the Father, the Son, your groom, 
and the Spirit. Go and get ready for him to come.